Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. This is the podcast for motivated English learners who want to speak English fearlessly and learn practical tips and strategies to conquer the SELPIP exam. I also love to feature encouraging interviews with regular people, people just like you, who are working towards becoming fluent in English so we can learn from their experiences together. Who am I? My name is Aaron Nelson. I've been an English teacher for over 16 years, and I now work to help students prepare for the CELPIP exam through online classes. So today I have the privilege to be talking with Masha Goncharova. Masha is an English teacher with over 20 years of experience in public and private schools in both Ukraine and Spain. And she is fluent in five languages. She is the founder of the online book club, Read and Grow, where she combines her love for teaching English with her passion for personal development. Through her unique approach, she helps intermediate and advanced English learners not only improve their language skills, but also experience personal and professional transformation. Masha believes in the power of nonfiction books as tools for change, especially for young adults. A lover of karate, outdoor adventures, and rock music, Masha is a living testament to the transformative power of resilience, discipline, and self-belief. Masha, welcome to the show. Hello, Aaron. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you for being like brave enough. I'm a superwoman. <laughs> well, you are. Yeah, it's it's always a bit uncomfortable to have people read those bios about ourselves, isn't it? Now that I'm living in it, I, I think it's too much. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. So, Masha, um, aside from the bio that we read, is there something about you that you would like me and our listeners to know? Well, what can I say? Now I live in Spain. I moved to Spain uh, 15 years ago, and I still teach English to secondary students and adults. Um, and I'm really passionate about teaching English through nonfiction books. So are you originally, you're originally not from Spain? No, I'm originally Ukrainian. Right. And, and 15 years ago, you decided to move to Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. out of curiosity, what made you want to move to Spain? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask this question. Well, I met my husband, uh, my now uh... ex-husband, but I met him uh, in Ukraine, fell in love, and and then I moved to to Spain. Yeah, and and you just kind of fell in love with the countries of Spain. Yeah, I fell in love first in, in, with the country, and then with him. Yeah, <laughs> because. Uh, I fell in love with the language, with uh, music, with uh, with people, because thanks to my father, who traveled a lot due to his job, he explained me all these curiosities uh, that he lived. And I wanted to learn languages when I was a when I was a kid. Yeah, thanks to him. So your father had a big influence on your yes, desire yes. and your ability to learn languages. Yes. So I imagine my... he's... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. First, uh, well, my mother hated him first because I, I moved to Spain <laughs> and always yeah. said, 
it's because of you. <laughs> Our daughter is abroad. But then now she realizes it was uh, a good decision to move yeah. abroad, really, because I'm happy here. Sure. Did it take you a long time to feel like you belonged in, in Spain? Uh, assuming that you feel like you're at home now. It, yeah, uh, well, I oh, I feel at home here, but I consider myself half Ukrainian, half Spanish now. My heart is is divided into two yeah. parts. It's in both I love places. both countries. Yes, sure. it, it, it's true. And a couple of years, a couple of years, because I felt this um, necessity to see my family, to walk in the same street when I've been grown up um, a couple of years. Yes. Yeah. So is your first language English? No, right? No, absolutely not. My first language is Russian and Ukrainian. Okay both of them and then i've i've learned spanish and english at the university in ukraine and then catalan here right and what made you want to start learning english my father your father <laughs> my father has the fault yes yeah well i i love i've loved and languages i my mother is a teacher of math and my father speaks languages, so I, I hate math. So I decided to learn languages better. <laughs> yeah, I hate math too. Actually, I think math hates me. <laughs> um, Maybe. So, yeah, uh, math has always been my worst, worst, worst subject in school. Uh, we won't even talk about that. But <laughs> um, let's talk about your journey towards learning English, because I think that that's what our listeners are most interested in, is just that whole process of going from zero to becoming fluent like you. And uh, what would you say your journey was like? How did you start that? It was boring. It was really, <laughs> really boring, because um, it was a time when there were no apps, no internet connection. There were no yeah. possibility to travel abroad, for me at least, huh? to travel abroad and speak to native speakers and practice my English. Uh, there were only cassettes that you have to, you had to listen many times and repeat after the speaker, uh, artificial language, basically. Yeah. And um, I didn't have a native teacher available right. for me, <laughs> you know? Well, traditional methods with the textbooks, boring stuff, you know, and then, yeah. but the, the only thing I had is this intrinsic motivation to learn this language at any mm. cost. So you're saying that you spent the majority of your time listening to cassettes, hearing exactly. the language, repeating it, and you didn't have access to a lot of like native speakers to practice with. Not at all. Not at no. all. Zero. Your classmates, were you were you working with other students who were also trying to learn or was it like self-study? Well, yes, it was a self-study. I, I forced my best friend <laughs> to listen to me because I uh, read all these grammar concepts, present simple, present continuous, all that stuff. I tried to understand how to um, how to use them. Uh, all these structures in in the sentence and I explained I taught my best friend how to do it and wow. while I was teaching her I understood better yeah 
So you've always been teaching. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've been teaching. She hated me, yeah, because yeah, I, really, it was I was I insisted too much. Listen to me, please. Yeah, and yeah. was she able to talk with you, or or did she? Yeah, not... she was. Uh, she was learning. Uh, she started learning English to after so many times listening to me. She decided, well, it's easier to start learning English then because. <laughs> What else can I do? And we started going to the same school together. Did it feel like a lonely experience trying to learn a new language when there was nobody else really that you could practice with? I practice also with my father from time to time. Hmm. Mm, and then I recorded myself a lot. And then in the during the classes, uh, I practiced too. I memorized a lot of texts. Uh, yeah. stories topics uh, a lot of things by heart yeah well no it was not it was not boring it, well it was boring but i didn't know another way to do it sure and why did you decide to memorize i, I didn't tell you i would be asking you this but your story is i'm i'm gonna get nosy and ask you lots of questions about it because i think it's interesting how people learn why yes. did you decide to memorize text in your in your journey it, to it was not me it it was my teacher we called her monster really we we didn't like going to her classes at all because she uh dictated uh, lectures on topics on the cultural yeah. topics about great britain etc and then she, our homework was to memorize every single word by heart really oh my goodness and being able to come to the class and explain it all in english in english yeah my goodness that sounds very stressful masha <laughs> it was it was how many about how many students were doing this well all, all my class all my class your whole class was it a big mm -hmm. class though yeah 20 20 we were 20 approximately yeah. yeah and you also mentioned that you would record yourself would that be on like a tape recorder yeah, I tape recorded, then I would listen to myself. I would compare with the original audio. So okay. I, I I did it um, self-assessment process. Right. Then we practiced a lot of dictations. By the way, really effective tool, dictations. And I don't remember anything else. And yes, we memorized dialogues by heart. And then we right. had to act them out. Too. Oh, okay. Did you enjoy those? Did you have like a favorite personal tool that you would go to all the time? Well, uh, I would repeat dictation, definitely. And uh, I like um, I like my students acting out the dialogues. Yes, yeah. but something improvised, not structured, you know, not reading so much. How come? Why, why do you think improv improvisation is better than something that's, you know, planned or in the can? Because I want them to overcome this fear of uh, suddenly talking to somebody in English. This yeah. is what happens. When they are prepared, it's differently. But when they don't know it, they get nervous. And I don't want them to get nervous. So what's better idea? Make them practice it many, many times. So... It's a fun activity. They enjoy it. And then it's cool. And then they are not nervous anymore. That's a great idea. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, 
what would you say has been maybe the hardest parts of your journey to building English fluency? Do you remember times where you were just like, I am so done with this and I don't want to keep going. Hmm. It's just not yeah. working out. I'm not making progress. All those moments that we all have, you know, when we're trying something, trying to learn something new and it's, you're just getting into that messy middle, you know, where it's just hmm. not working. Have you had those? Yes. I remember one, one moment in my, in my life when I was uh, studying in a public school in uh, in my class, I was the best student in English, but it was easy to be the best because the English was taught in Ukrainian, basically, not in English. Okay. Our new teacher has just graduated the university and literally, you don't believe, probably, but she was painting, painting her nails in the class. And she said, uh, page 20, uh, exercise one. And she kept painting her nails, you know, that was... English that I was taught in the public school so I was the best I was the best in the class imagine the quality yes I loved it I I liked hearing it I I asked her about different questions how to use the verb to be and she couldn't explain and then yeah no she couldn't explain no Uh, then I talked to my parents and asked them to, if it if it was possible, to start uh, studying in the private school, uh, where the education was really, really good. No. Yeah. And the first time I came to the class, I was like very empowered and I wanted to keep learning because I was the best. I loved English and that it that was my chance. When I entered the class. The teacher was talking completely in English, and I didn't understand a word. Ah. So, in a matter of twenty-four hours, I became I came I, I I became the worst student in the class. Oh my! I spent all the class thinking, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> and. Uh, is this really uh, what I'm going to to do? Well, I, I didn't want, I didn't like at all the feeling of being so inferior among yeah. the others, and it, it was such an unexpected, unexpected thing <laughs> to feel like that. And then at the end of the class, uh, the teacher called me and told me, "Look, maybe it's better not to waste your time here." Uh, there are many other students who want to study in this school and you are maybe you occupy the place of the person who may be more worth it than you oh no think twice she said and well and I when I on the way home I was really suffering thinking what my friends are going to tell me now yeah um should I come back to the public school or not? Should I continue? But then I I decided to continue and I suffered yeah. a lot during the first six months. Really, it was uh, suffocating. Yeah. But then I finished the year with the excellent mark in English, to tell you the truth. Yes, it was difficult, really hard. Yeah, yeah, but I, bet. I can, Yeah, but I did it. I did it. That, it takes a, so hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
that takes a lot of perseverance to go through that that experience of feeling well from going from feeling like you knew what you were doing you felt like you have made a lot of progress already and then all of a sudden you get sent back to the very beginning yes. but <laughs> yeah. there is always somebody who is more fluent than you That's who right. is better than you richer than you there is always somebody so you what's the sense of competing with somebody else comparing you to somebody else compete with yourself yeah. speak better that than you did yesterday right and i always repeat my students never ever permit anybody tell you that you cannot do something even if it is your mom your dad your teacher nobody even yeah. yourself you cannot say this you That's can right. do it right at least yeah would you say that that teacher, that those words that she told you at the very beginning, like maybe this isn't the right place for you, was that, <laughs> did you take that internally as a challenge to prove them wrong? I took it as a challenge. I took it yeah. as a challenge, yeah. Because I really wanted to learn and master English. I wanted to speak it as fluent as she did. Yeah. And, and did you need to get like extra help or did you just push through on your own? I was crying a lot, <laughs> many nights, yeah. many nights. Uh, I didn't uh, hang out with my friends at all, mm. at all. I just studied all the day. After classes, I I keep studying at home and repeating, repeating, revision. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What were you doing to to help yourself get through those those first few weeks and months? as you were practicing, trying to, to dig in, do you remember the, the things that you would do? I think it's a, a self-talk. Self-talk was important. What I was repeating myself, what I was telling myself was the crucial thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't actually remember exactly what I was saying. Uh, at first, it was like a kind of frustration, um, powerless, uh, the, the emotions that I felt. But then... Um, it made me be stronger and, and, and little by little, I was focusing on studying, uh, what was on, on, the, on to-do list today. This. Right. So let's study this. I wasn't focusing at the, to the end, to the end, uh, goal or the ending point. No, just what's important now. That's yeah. it. How it worked. What was the negative? self-talk pretty strong in those first well, few weeks and when months. I yeah when I compared myself to all fluent classmates that already they were speaking like they were born uh, native you know uh, yeah. it was uh, it was difficult so and um, but then you have to focus on yourself only and at what point do you think you were able to feel okay I can do this you know what I mean? Like, at what point did you start to understand your teacher more and that you were able to engage in what's going on in the class? Was there a time where it felt like it just the, the clouds parted and you could see a brighter future? <laughs> yeah, it, it was when, uh, well, we did a lot of tests, a lot of exams. It's, uh, the, the methodology in Ukraine is completely different than in Spain. And mm. uh, all the tests at the beginning, I felt all of them, all of them. And then when I saw that I at least uh, got satisfactory mark in at least one exam, 
Oh my gosh, there is progress. <laughs> there is a progress. Yeah. And I was not uh, focused on, well, understanding the teacher, I understood her little by little because she was speaking always, always English. So yeah. there is the same happened to me when I was learning Catalan. Uh, I've been here in Spain for two weeks only, and I started classes of Catalan. It, it for right. me, it was like she she's talking Chinese. I yeah. have no idea what's the language, but the teacher keep on going. She was talking completely the, the language, and then you get used to it. Then your brain makes connections, uh, neural connections, and then suddenly you start understanding what the person is saying. And it's like, oh, the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know that feeling very well. Oh, boy. So how long you would speak? you say? Erin, how many languages oh, do me? you speak? Uh, oh, me? I'm just, languages? yeah, I'm, I'm, well, English is my first language. And I learned French when I was in elementary school. But the sad thing is, because I didn't use it, and actually in elementary school, it was my number one subject. I never had to write a final exam in French because I was good at it. But because I never used it, and I, this is a cautionary tale, I think, for anyone learning another language, never stop using it because it doesn't just stay there, you know? It, it goes... No it gets weaker and weaker and it can disappear if you don't use it frequently. And that's what happened to me with French. So French, I understand very, very little, very little. But the only other language that I can use and I'm fluent in is Spanish. And that's only because I lived in Mexico for 16 years. So uh -huh. that's how I learned Spanish. So I really identify with that journey of feeling lost at the very beginning, <laughs> suffering and crying and feeling yes. like you're all by yourself. And, you know, you're in an isolation, <laughs> like a cone of isolation with nobody to talk to. And then little by little, like this window starts to open that you can, you know, understand and be understood and but it takes a lot of time, yes. at least for me, it did, it did, because I, I don't consider myself, you know, a great, great at languages. I don't know, some people are like naturally gifted in that way. Like my wife, she, she has the gift of languages, I think, probably it's something like you that you, you can pick up languages a little easier than, <laughs> than the rest of us. But I don't uh, know, maybe, maybe, but maybe. <laughs> But there is, uh, I think people are trying to learn and master language fast. And, mm. but it, this is not the point. The, the thing is to enjoy, yes, to enjoy the process and it's seamless. You don't have to rush. If, yeah. if you take, for example, children, no, when we were young, how, how did we uh, got fluency in our native language? Did we think about, ah, oh, let's do it very fast? No, no, no. Until 4.5 uh, or five years even, children do not start speaking more or less fluently. That's right. So, it takes a long time. And they make lots of mistakes, just like just like an yes. adult, adult would, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So uh, how long do you think it took you, thinking about your English learning how learning to be fluent in English how long would you say it took for you to feel like 
you are you are strong in English. Like you're doing well. But how long? Well, is that? maybe seven, eight years, maybe. Yeah. But the thing is that I'm never satisfied with my level. Never. I think it's never accomplished, and it will will, right. will never be. Will never be. Yeah. So that what we can come back to the same point that you were mentioning that you cannot stop using it as well as that's right you cannot stop keep learning and improving otherwise it you will stuck at the same level it happened to me twice basically with english when i started learning spanish i took for granted my fluency in english and it and started to decline actually mm. When I realized it, oh my god, I, I'm not so fluent as I were I was before. And it was like a surprise for me. Nobody tells you about it. And but That's you right. have to use it. You have to use it. Uh as well as mm, uh, in when I I'm a teacher in a secondary school, so if I only uh use textbooks and teach my students English, my my English would never improve. So what else can I do? Maybe reading some books in original books or watching TV, um, something like that. But you need to stretch, stretch your learning all the time. Yeah. So going along with that train of thought, how would you advise a, someone who's maybe just getting started their journey of learning English or maybe they've achieved you know uh, maybe a pre-intermediate level of English or so and they're just in that moment where the excitement of of learning I'm I'm learning new vocabulary words because at the very beginning I don't know if it's if you've experienced this I have for sure it feels like oh I'm learning lots of new things you know people are teaching you new words or you hear new words and you find out what they mean and mm -hmm. And it's like there's this little honeymoon period, you know, where you feel like everything is rainbows and unicorns and everything is going really well. And then you hit that that moment where it feels like somebody just slammed a, a giant door over your progress. And it feels like you can't make yourself grow or you can't grow your language skills. And if there's someone listening today who is struggling with that, do you have any... Yeah suggestions that could help them it's very simple when you are at the beginning of course you need somebody like a teacher or maybe language coach who who guides you yes towards the intermediate level you use textbooks you listen to audio audios and do a lot of things that your teacher thinks are relevant for you and will bring you faster to the intermediate level but when you come up to this level the role of the teacher um, is not so important at this level. You need to try new things, something that is interesting for you, because maybe what teacher decides you to do is not interesting, is not relevant for you. So you will lose your motivation very, very fast. You yeah. have to know what are you interested in. Imagine, let's say you are a yoga coach, a trainer, yes, online. So maybe it's relevant to start watching videos of the same yoga trainers, but in English, or read some books about your topic in English. So 
you will be involved in the process. You will even will not notice that you are learning. Yeah. And if you need some advice, of course, you can ask, you can um, work from time to time with the teacher. It's okay. But now you decide what you want to learn. This podcast is brought to you by the CELPIP Success Lab. Are you struggling to get ready for the CELPIP exam? Are you feeling lost about where you should be studying first and how you should be studying once you get started? Do you ever wish you had someone you could practice with who could give you personalized feedback and who also helps you to see what you're doing great at already? If that's you, then I want to invite you to come and work with me. I've got 10 spaces open for motivated people just like you who want to get moving towards their CELPIP goals. Will one of those spots be yours? Join me today in my CELPIP Success Lab. You'll get friendly support and encouragement, practical classes that you'll actually enjoy going to, and meaningful feedback that will help you feel more confident about your English skills. Together, let's conquer the CELPIP exam. To find out more, go to www.selpipsuccess.com forward slash member. That's selpipsuccess.com forward slash member. So, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I, I love that idea of digging into something that you already love, that you're passionate about doing it in English. And as you do it, like what you said, you won't even realize that you're, you know, doing the work of, of learning English because hopefully you've picked something that you already love. And that motivation or that uh, love for whatever that thing might be, you mentioned, you know, being a yoga teacher or whatever. If you are already passionate about that topic, then of course you'll be way more interested in in doing it in English, and and I think that yeah. that's a, a really great idea. Uh, you mentioned reading, and I'd really I'm really interested in digging into your love uh, for using yeah. reading and books to help uh, to help students to help how it helped you uh, grow with your English skills. So because that's like one of the common questions that that come up a lot is how do I use reading to help my English skills grow? Or what are some ideas to help me to, to read better? Uh, whatever you want to talk about with your with your journey of using books and reading in your journey of, of learning English, I'd love to hear about it. Okay, um, when I was a teen, I hated reading. I met my father tried to bribe me to read a book and he couldn't. Even really? eating eating out or buying me some new clothes, um, I didn't read any books when I was a teen. But then, uh, when you have to graduate at the university, they made you read a lot of books. Uh, most of them are useless um, <laughs> because you don't learn a lot of things. You just read them to pass exams, and then I forgot everything I read. Um, I didn't. I never. I have never found um, interest in fiction literature because I thought it was boring and I felt like I'm wasting my time reading. I could do something more active, like practicing sports or doing something else. 
well, uh, how many men, how many minds? No, it, 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 it depends on the person. Yeah. But, but then something happened. Uh, the thing happened that I, I um, after 11 years of marriage, I went through divorce and I had a little child to take care of. And I found myself completely alone in a foreign country with no family um, to rely on. And I understood that the only responsibility was for me. Yeah. And it was a difficult period in my life. And I, I saw that this life plan that I was following and my parents taught me the best they could was not working for me was not working so i started reading books i started reading books and uh non-fiction yeah and i had a lot of questions and i tried to find answers in that kind of books and it was like a new world really opened in front of me and then i started reading basically spanish authors at the beginning and then i switched to english um and i thought wow it's it's really cool because it helps me not only learn something useful, valuable uh, for myself to know who am I, who I am, yeah, and it helps me expand my fluency, enrich my vocabulary, and make me even better teacher in English if you want. Sure. So all the this... all the while what you're reading, you are like grabbing a hold of that interest piece that you were talking about a while a little bit ago you were reading books to help you solve challenges or problems that you were experiencing in your life so there was definitely a big interest in the books that you were choosing right you you weren't just randomly picking you were no. on purpose going exactly. after certain books yeah exactly sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there but that's really important to bring out that you weren't just randomly picking books. You were on purpose choosing ones that you wanted I to. Wasn't, exactly, learn. exactly. But, but I didn't expect it. I, I didn't want to improve my English at this moment. It was not a priority. Hmm. But I realized that it helps a lot. And yeah. it's uh, many, many students, when you ask them, let's read a book in English. They say, oh my gosh, what a boring. And I understand them. <laughs> I understand. I, it was boring for me too. But then yeah. the, the, the only problem was that I was reading the wrong books, wrong for me. That's right. Wrong for me, you know? Uh, so maybe fiction or entertaining uh, somebody, um, people like entertainment in general. They watch TVs, watch series, listen to music. They like reading books to entertain themselves yeah um i like learning i like learning a lot a lot yeah. so and the books for me are perfect sure. source do you remember what one of the first books were that really engaged you and you were you found yourself growing personally which was probably your first goal and then at the same time you realize oh my i'm i'm building my english fluency with this yeah. I, I don't know if you ever had like a dual light bulb moment like that where both things were happening for you unintentionally maybe about the English part yeah for example uh the power is within you Lewis Hay um uh -huh. I like this book very much but the one that really impacted me was by Robin Sharma the monk who sold his Ferrari 
it's yeah it, it's fabulous i don't have words for this book because it's it resonated so much with me um it's a story about um about the lawyer about the lawyer who was not satisfied with his actual life and decided to go to himalayas to learn some new philosophy of life and there are so many useful insights on how to to find and select priorities in your life and it makes you think a lot and question a lot of a lot in your life this book yes yeah. all right so if someone in the audience because i know reading is a big it's a big topic and it's an important topic for many of our listeners if they are listening to this and they've never started a journey like used like working on their own to to build their reading skills and they've been used to you know having a teacher give them books and uh having to do uh, sorry having to do classwork while reading assigned reading mm -hmm. but if they're thinking to themselves i want to do what masha did i want to start using books to help me grow I really like what what she's saying. I want to do what she is talking about. How would you uh, invite them or or tell them to get going? Or what would be your best advice? That's probably the better word that I'm looking for. What would be your best advice for them? Okay, don't focus on uh, improve your reading speed, I would say, because people want to start reading and be fast. And then when they are not fast, they have to reread some paragraph, they drop the book because it's not motivating. If you do not understand what are you reading about, then you probably drop the book. And the only the fact that you are dropping the book makes you feel bad about yourself. So sure. you will never repeat again this activity because you feel bad about yourself. You didn't finish. So... The first step maybe is decide what is bothering you right now, what you want um, to know more about right now, okay? Um, go to Amazon, type the topic you want, select several books, and what's more important, you need to start reading it, at least the first page, and see if it is difficult for you, you don't have to go on. This is not your level. Choose the book that is easy, quite easy for you. Okay, a few yeah. words per page is okay. Is okay. Then um, do not read a book just because it is in English. It must be relevant for you. This is the key. And then you have to start building reading routine at least, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes a day, but every single day. Yeah. Every single day. This is crucial, the routine. So can we just circle back for a minute? I think you're you've made three really important points. And if we have we have we're running low on time a little bit, I want to respect your time, but you you mentioned the first point being to make sure that it's not too difficult for you. Exactly. Do you have any advice uh, or what worked for you to do like a preliminary or a first fast check on the page to see okay is this going to work for me or is it going to be too hard or will it be too easy is there something okay. that people should keep in mind okay when you read the first page and you see a new words but these words do not interrupt 
the comprehension, you can still keep reading and you can still grab, grasp the general message of the book, this is fine. Keep reading. If, if it doesn't make you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay. This is the idea. You have to enjoy what you do. And sure. uh, this is one point. No, something else? Yeah, no, no. That that's what I wanted to pull out is so there it if it's there's too many new words for you and it's destroying or interrupting mm. what the page is talking about and you're feeling lost, you shouldn't go for that book. No. It's too hard. Not. Too yeah. hard. It can it ever be the opposite where this book is too easy? You know, if your goal is to try to build your English as well, can okay. there be a too easy book? Okay, but when but when uh, the topic is too interesting for you, pick it up. Awesome. I like that up. answer. <laughs> grab it anyway. If it's interesting yeah. to you, just grab it. <laughs> just grab it, yeah. All right. Then you mentioned something really interesting. You said, don't just pick a book because it's in English, just because it's in English. It yeah. has to be interesting for you. Could you speak about that a little bit more? Yeah, I totally, because I totally, totally agree with you. Yeah, because sometimes people um, want to, I don't know, show up a little bit and tell their friends and family, wow, look, I'm reading an English book. And maybe uh, it's very difficult for you and you will never finish it. So do it for yourself, not for somebody else. Okay. Mm. Mm, that's a point, I think. Yeah, and make sure that you are actually interested in what the book is talking about, right? Exactly. That you don't that you don't find it boring. <laughs> that yes, you actually yes. want to see what's going on in in the book, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. And so, then, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. And then the last point is the routine. I mean, uh, the routine, just shadow, tiny reading moments for you, and. Do not buy your own excuses when you say, I am, I'm run out of time. I have to pick up my kids or whatever. No, no, no. 10 minutes a day, you must follow it. And then you will get to use it and, and create this necessity to read every day. All right. That, those are wonderful tips. And I know that you use reading in how you help your students. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you use reading as you teach or in your in your in your classes or, or in the programs that you offer. How how is reading used? Well, uh, actually, it's like talking to the author. OK, you pick up a book and it's like having a private dialogue with the author uh, where you can ask the questions, you can write your questions for your thoughts, your opinion about different points on the, uh, of the book. And then you're working with, um, you're writing summaries, yes, uh, the difficult part because many students struggle to summarize what they have just read. And Visual, maybe visual um, mind maps could help because I'm using it myself. For every book I read, I create a mind map about okay. the book. So I just pick up my mind map and then remember what was the book about exactly. 
I'm a visual learner. So to know right. what works for you, you need to know what kind of learner you are. And to know and this, and you then do things to... that are in agreement with that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And make your life and learning easier, not more difficult. Yeah. So if there's someone who is a visual learner, how and maybe they've never tried to use a mind map before, could you share a moment or two about how you create your own mind map as you're reading a book? Well, I'm, I'm reading the first chapter the, uh, and then I pick up the key points that interest me. And I highlight only one action that I'm going to apply right away. Only one action per chapter. Okay. Okay. The, I, and I find it super useful because there are, can be many useful insights in the book. And you can be lost. Yeah. Um, so it's better to pick up only one. And then I create, uh, I don't know, a simple mind map or nothing special. Sometimes uh, the quote uh, empowers me and makes me think about it. So I write it down. Then I journal a lot. Every single day I journal a lot. Yeah. So for someone who has no clue what a mind map is, like, are you on your notepad or in your journal? Do you like write, say, say there's a quote that, like what you were saying that you really like so would you write that quote and would you draw anything around that quote or what yeah, would you I can do write, i can draw a picture if uh, that that is related to the concept of the of the quote for example and then i will link the the most important ideas with this quote or maybe experience that happened to me in my life so something like that okay so you're drawing like a would you put that that quote maybe in the middle of your page and then draw lines with those connection points that you were saying about maybe a something in your life that it made you remember you might write one or two words about that and then draw a line to the quote and then another key point from the chapter it depends i don't have a concrete structure of the mind map it depends on the book it depends on my mood but yeah. for me, it's important to have some pictures. I, sometimes I Google in the inter, in in Google. It's the, in the picture, the photos that are relevant, especially for new vocabulary or new phrases. I like learning vocabulary right. like that. Like I do not create flashcards. I tried, but uh, I found it for me it was uh, too difficult to maintain the routine creating the creating of flashcards. So for me, it's more yeah. easier. It's easier to have three, uh, for example, three expressions that I want to learn. And this day, I'm going to use them in any situation. I speak to myself in English a lot. Right. Because I don't have my family members. They do not speak. Well, they, they cannot <laughs> maintain conversation in English with me. <laughs> so I speak to myself when I'm taking shower, you know, and yep. I, I'm using these three expressions there. Right. And you said something really cool. You, you look for, uh, you use Google, you put in that word that you're trying to learn or that expression and you pull out images. Do you Correct. print those images off and then paste them onto your mind map or what do you do? No, I just uh, copy and paste the image into the digital mind map. It's digital. Huh? Oh, it's digital. Okay, I get yeah. you. Okay. That's a really cool idea, Masha. I like it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I'm a visual fine. learner too. I like those kinds of uh, those hacks because they work yes. for me. Yeah. So do you, uh, well, you you just said that you do them digitally. So you're not really, are you like a doodler? 
Do you know what I mean by a doodler? Yes, yes, exactly, yeah? exactly. You can call it a doodle, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so final question, because we're, we're going, I don't want to uh, go over your time, because I know you've got little ones that are probably don't worry, don't going worry. crazy trying to get out of their room. No, 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 nobody is <laughs> shouting at all. No. It's all good, it's all good? Okay. Yes, it's all good. <laughs> but honestly, though, do you, do you ever get nervous when it gets really quiet? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. They are with my mom right now. So it's oh, like, okay, I okay. really trust her. So, okay. yeah. No, when, when our kids get quiet, you sometimes have to wonder what are they something doing? strange. <laughs> oh, they did something dangerous or oh, they are watching cartoons or something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, last question I am really interested in you telling us about your book club and what kind of things you're doing. And um, if some of our listeners are into it, how can they connect with you? But first, talk about your book club. What are you doing there? Okay, what I'm doing? Well, actually, I'm I'm trying to combine um, the mastering English with personal development, as you can guess. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we pick up a book a month. Okay, and we are engaged in conversation via private Telegram group with the learners. We are talking about the book, about our reading habits, our comprehension, whatever is relevant for them. 24-7, let's say. Yep. And then we meet twice a month online and talk uh, about the book. And we have engaging discussions. So it's quite uh, quite effective way if you like reading and you are in love with English. So it's, it's a good place. Does somebody have to have a certain level of English in order to be able to enjoy working in this way with you? Intermediate level is a requirement. Well, yeah. if you can understand our conversation, you're welcome. Yep. And are the books really big books or are they medium size? Like how big are we talking no, about? No, no, no. They are not big books because it depending on, on, on the students I have, because there can be very, really small books. If, if you can see, you see, this is very small book and it is nonfiction. Okay. Yeah. These are quotes. You can, I mean, uh, it's an excuse. It's an, an excuse. If you don't, if you don't want to read, you will not read. But That's right. There are all types of books that you can pick up and enjoy and be able to read. Yeah. And do you assign the book that everybody is working with at the same time or how does it work? I recommend, uh, well, we decide uh, the topic of interest. Uh, then we, uh, we do brainstorming of different books and then vote the best. And everybody is reading the same book at the same the time? The same book. The same book right. at the same time. But everybody is reading what they want to read. I do not right. force them to finish the whole book in one month, even if it is possible. I don't want people to be uh, overwhelmed and stressed with this. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure and it's learning. So they read what they want and they discuss what they want. Right. So it's very much focused on the content of the book and what it's teaching or how it's landing with with the person who is reading it. That's it. And are you doing um are you doing like typical English class things where you give them a list of vocabulary and drawing out the grammar stuff? 
No, 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 no. Uh, I read it uh, <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> That's all in the past. <laughs> That's all in the past. It was uh, <laughs> the whole teaching methodology <laughs> that I learned in the u university. So then now, no, 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 no. I don't do it anymore. No way. They decide so what vocabulary they want to know. All right. That's the point. And, and if they're feeling stuck with a vocabulary word, do they like say, hey, Masha, what, is, what does this mean? And then you help them in that way, but, or how do you do it? Yeah, because we have got the Telegram group, so there we can talk about the language itself. So about vocabulary, they give um, there is a day, uh, for example, a quote day or word of the of the week. Okay, so they share what they have found out in the in the book, and then they apply what is more important, what they mm. have picked up, they apply in the context by I don't know sending me an audio message. Right. With the new vocabulary or writing, I don't know, a reflection about it. So part of their homework is to actually do the things that they're they're learning about. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And do you have any like really uh what's the word I'm looking for? Any examples or testimonies that you've had from some of your students who have gone through it and have had like really cool results happen in their life because of what they're doing with you? Well, uh, yes, I have, but it, it's uh, the book has started a few months ago, so I don't have a lot of students. That's why this uh, place is um, very cozy. Yeah. Cozy, I call it cozy dojo, okay, where you can learn language and you can take profit of this personalized feedback with me and with other learners. So um, I have some testimonials, but not so many. Basically, people think that um, I help them not to focus on the improving the reading speed, but to improve some other parts like comprehension or right. um, learning some valuable insights for life or professional skills. Yeah. This is what is important. So is there anything else that you want, if someone's like really interested in this idea of reading a book, talking about it, applying it in their life, seeing what happens like an experiment, talking with you about it over Telegram, is there anything else that you think that they should know about how this program works? Well, if they really want to know something else, I invite them to drop me a direct message and I will answer as soon as possible. And um, I really appreciate your time and invitation to your podcast. And I don't know, happy reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, if someone wants to drop you a direct message, what are the best ways that they can find you? Where can they Inst find you online? Instagram, Instagram, English to Freedom, uh, yep. or on YouTube. They can also find me, the same name of the channel. Okay. So English to freedom. To freedom. English to freedom, exactly. Okay, so English, the same way that you would say E-N-G-L-I-S-H, is it the number two or spelling out? Number, number two, freedom. Two, freedom. Okay, and by the way, I'm going to put all the links for this in our show notes today. So if you are driving or walking or unable to write something down right now, you can totally check out the show notes and you'll be able to find Masha there. 
But uh, Masha, thank you so much for visiting with us today. I was really nervous at the very beginning because this is like the second or third interview, I think, that I've done with people. And I always get nervous about doing those, but I felt like we were having a great time. And I enjoyed learning from you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. My friend, are you struggling right now with your self at prep? Does it feel like you're lost and everyone around you knows what they're doing except you? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you don't have someone to ask, um, hello, I'm here. And I'm not even waiting for you to ask for help. I'm inviting you to come and work with me. I'm an experienced English teacher and certified CELPIT trainer, and I can help you prepare for your exam. So if you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed with what to study next for the CELPIP exam, and if you're ready to get friendly support and encouragement when you're having a hard time, then today is the day for you to connect with me. I want to work with you. Just go to www.selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you'll get a 25% discount when you join the Selfip Success School. I'll put a link for that in my show notes, but that link again is selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you will get a 25% discount. The Selfip Success School combines weekly assignments that you can do on your own with unlimited support from me, as well as weekly live coaching calls. Let's work together and conquer the CELPIP exam.